0: Thank you for joining us at Daybreak Church. This morning's message was a little different. We cast vision for the 2020 season about us growing as a community closer together in worship, in word, and in deed to make much of Jesus. This morning's message consists of scripture reading and worship, which we've included a little of the above. We want to invite you to join us on a normal Sunday this coming week as we dive deeper into the Advent series. Please enjoy the scripture reading and some individuals who join the church Sharing a little why they're saying yes today, Great Church. Make some noise for those those signers. I know it used to be real easy when we like had a front row. Be like, okay, now where do we go? Um, well, real quick, I know Stacey asked this question. I didn't see very many hands go up of people who knew how to use staplers. I Was really concerned about. I know it's 2019, but. Come on, people. Man. Um, well, so one of the things we love here at Daybreak is we don't have typical membership as it is. We believe that God is calling us to be a family together, knitting us together. And so there's actually this beautiful piece of scripture that we read, Second Peter, that I'm going to read, or First Peter 2 that I'm going to read for us says this, as you come to him, a living stone, rejected by people, but chosen and honored by God. You yourselves, as living stones, a spiritual house, are being built to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And this is our calling as a family. We come together as a church growing, being knit together as God's house. And so we invite people to join this church by bringing their Lego brick uh, to join the legacy of what God is putting and building together here. And so we have some amazing people that I'm going to take their Lego and hand them the microphone, and they're just going to simply say why they're joining Daybreak Church.
1: Well, first of all, um, it's about time, I would say, but... Um, it's something that, I mean, I've been praying for a long time to find a church, to find a community, and I mean, I love every part of it. I love the community. I love the church. I love um, your heart for God, and I love every part of it, and I'm super grateful and thankful for it, so.
2: Awesome. Well, um, I met Stacy about two years ago when I um, started a new job out here in the area, and for a while, um, we'd been traveling 30 minutes to a church in Illinois. And about a year ago, we became homeowners in the city of Kenosha. And so we wanted to become more involved in the city of Kenosha. And so continue to check out Daybreak. And yeah, we love the authentic community here and just kind of how um, Britt is always bringing everything back to the word and to the gospel. And as he would say every Sunday, we're here to make much of Jesus. And you can feel that when you come into this community. And so um, we love that and we're excited to be, be part of this, uh, part of this church.
1: Yeah, uh, same as Eric, but we also just really like that um, daybreak's really scripture-based, so we can really see ourselves growing in our faith here. And then we also really appreciated that they support your passions outside of the church because we're um, pretty involved in where we work. So it's cool to have a place that will support that passion as well.
0: Well, if you would, whether you are a, a Lego signer or a visitor um, or somebody who's been checking out the church for a while, we're going to pray for them. We're going to pray for the community uh, that, that calls themselves uh, daybreakers as well. So if you would, join me forward a prayer. Jesus, we thank you so much that you, as you said in Matthew 16, that you are building your church and the gates of hell will not stand against it. And Father, that just as we celebrated um, the church's birthday five years ago um, this last October, that we continue to see you building your church, calling us as a people to be made like you to make much of your son. And so, Father, I pray uh, for these amazing couples as they're joining us today. Um, God, the impact that you have made them for a purpose, on a purpose, to make much of your son. God, we pray that you would root them in your word, in your gospel, in the good news of who Jesus is, what he is. Is doing in their life. Strengthen them. Not just them, but all of us who call Daybreak home. Uh, Father, be with all of us who are even looking for a church home, looking for a community to connect to, whether it be here at Daybreak or somewhere else. Father, we know that you long to build your church with faithful men and women and children who want to make much of your son. And so, Father, we ask that you would do that. Jesus, we love you. We praise you. We ask all this in your son's a holy and awesome name. Everybody said... Amen. Well, at this time, I want to invite you to go ahead and stand, introduce yourself to those folks everywhere in the room. Uh, You can walk across and uh, just say hi, some high fives and some fist bumps. We'll be back in just a minute. Well, good morning. My name is Pastor Britt. Hope you're having a glorious start to your day. Uh, If you've been with us for any number of weeks, you know that this is a new setup. Uh, So, welcome. Uh, We were joking, and we'll continue to joke. Probably going to get like a lazy Susan. Uh, for myself, and like we'll give like remote controls to people, and you can spin me uh, right round. There. It. <laughs> just just a little nice little nice little turnaround. So whenever that that kind of becomes the amen corner, that when you're when you're agreeing, like you can fight of what, what direction I'm going to stay and face. But no, I'm really excited that you're here with us this morning. Um, this morning is an experiment uh, for. What we really hope to become the future for us as a church. Um, And so this, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about it this morning and then we're moving to the meat of um, really why we're here this morning to make much of Jesus. And so uh, this morning things again look a tad different. Um, We wanted to give as many people an option for front rows and back rows as possible. Uh, So where there was just two, now there's six or seven front rows and back rows. So you have your, your choices there um but worshiping the around there's there's nothing um really spectacularly new or unique about this this might be an experience for most of us um a lot of churches don't function this way they don't have everything done from the center um but it's really been done for a long time in church history a lot of um a lot of worship really kind of consists in this format to begin with because most churches um are actually done in homes Uh, Worship takes place in a home, and so it takes place within a circle. And so why worship? Why worship in the round? We've been feeling God very heavily um, just encourage and challenge us as a church to continue to grow in what we call our intentional community. Um, if you're a part of a dinner party, you know a little bit more about that intentional community as we take time to be with one another and uh, eat together and pray together and share God's word together. And um, so, again, if you're in a dinner party, um, this shouldn't feel that abnormal. Um, as you gather to sit in circles, um, breaking bread together, breaking, reading scripture, together. This should feel relatively normal, um, even though quite a bit larger. Um, but as you look across the room at individuals that you know and don't know, uh, for some of you, like, man, like, I can't, I can't hide anymore. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> um, it's easier now to see, like, oh, I don't recognize that person. That's a new face that I can go be intentional with and say hello to. Or more so, that's someone that I'm able to now see. I had several people who knew that my father-in-law had uh, surgery this last week. And like in seeing us, we're able to come up and say, hey, how's Steve? It gives us this opportunity to now see one another in a way that we may not have been able to see previously. And so one of the things that God has really been pressing on us is this growing and cultivating in participation, not just observance. And so oftentimes in church, that kind of becomes uh, the the stake, what what ends up happening. We come and observe all the professionals. We observe the pastor preach. We observe uh, the leaders read. We observe the worship leaders uh, play their instruments and sing their songs. We observe these things instead of participating with them. And something powerful about the round, as you'll experience this morning, um, is it kind of breaks down this linear idea of leadership, of hierarchy. It makes all of us on the same plane. We're all at the same circle, in the same space. There is really no front row or back row. We're all here together to make much of Jesus. So worship uh, becomes this powerful tool that reminds us that it's not just God and me, but God and we that it is us coming together to worship him. And so where I get excited is Ben and I were setting stuff up this last week, and I want to give a huge shout-out to him. I know he hates whenever I call him out, but uh, the time that he's been given this week to help uh, me set a lot of this stuff up spent a lot of time up in the ceiling running cables and stuff. Um, he and I, it's just been powerful for us to sit. And I remember he asked, he was sitting over here in this section, and I was over in this section. He's like, so what's going to happen when people make eye contact now? And I was like, they're going to see one another. I know that might sound silly. You're like, well, that's what happens when eyes function as they should. But I want you to think about this this morning. That in a moment of worship like this, it's, it's not about who you're looking at, but who's actually looking down at you. And when I say looking down at you, I'm not talking about peer-to-peer, I'm talking about our Heavenly Father. That when we worship together in, in instances like this, not only do we get to see one another, but we see one another as the actual children of God that we are. And that together we're now coming together in voice and in song and in participation to make much of our king. And so I don't know if you've ever gone to camp or um, like worship camp or like kids camp or any of those things, like uh, campfire worship. Uh, Time around the campfire. I had a few students walk in they're like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. This reminds me of some of the recitals that we've been to and places, the things that we've experienced and just the excitement and energy that comes from being in the round. If you have regular family dinners, uh, you're in a circle or at a square, um, you're together in this space. Dinner parties, same. We're, we gather together. And so I wanted to give a little taste of 2020, of what I believe God is stirring for us as a church, as a church community, to grow in this intentionality of relationship. That we're going to be, a, we long to awaken ourselves to what God has in store for us as a people individually for the purposes that God has called each and every one of you to but also as a church what God is awakening us to as a church to make much of God and make much of Jesus around us and so some of those terms come from that you'll be hearing a lot more of is is renewal we long to see God do a work within our city within our lives that brings about a renewal new things coming to life within us We long to see revival. Now, that's a word that, depending on where you've grown up or your church experience, you could have a lot of baggage with. Um, But this idea of revival, that we would come back to life in what God is calling us to as a people, a people called to be holy as he is holy. As we just walked through the Sermon on the Mount, we spent time processing and looking at Jesus' teaching, inviting us to be holy as his heavenly Father is holy, And it's through this renewal, this revival, that we come into a place of awakening, that as a city that we begin to see the community come to life in a way that we've never experienced before. And I long to see this happen in our time frame. I long to see this in your time frame as your children are growing up, that they can say, man, it began with us as we begin to worship together and ask the Father to do something that only he can do. So Charles Finney says this about revival and renewal. A revival is nothing else than a new beginning of obedience to God. It's a revival, a bubbling up and overflowing brought on by the Spirit, responding to the holy cries of God's people. And so why a circle in the round? That we would set our hearts and attention not on a leader, but on our Lord. That as we come together and as you will worship this morning, my my prayer and hope is that you'll experience this. There's no just one person leading. Um, We're all worshiping together. Yes, we have uh, our our skilled individuals who are helping facilitate the direction. But we're all marching in the same direction. It's not from us to you and then you up. It's all of us together in one direction saying, Father, we want to make much of you. And everything that you've given to us. J.I. Packer says this about revival in the community. He says, Christians in revival are accordingly found living in God's presence. That God's presence, that word quorum dio, you may have been with us last year when we were studying Acts. That phrase, quorum dio, it's the understanding of God's body, the church manifesting itself. And this is how revival takes place as they attend to God's word, feeling acute concern about sin and righteousness, rejoicing in the assurance of Christ's love and their own salvation, spontaneously constant in worship, and tirelessly active in witness and service, fueling these activities by praise and prayer. Revival is the visitation of God which brings to life Christians who have been sleeping, And restores a deep sense of God's near presence and holiness. Thus springs forth a vivid sense of sin and profound exercise of the heart of repentance, praise, and love with an evangelistic overflow. G.I. Packer merely is preaching and and communicating something that Paul did in Colossians chapter 3. If you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to turn there. Colossians chapter 3, it will be on the screens around us. Colossians chapter three, looking at verses twelve through seventeen, kind of an echo of our morning today, of what Paul uh, declared, what we read in First Peter, as a chosen people, we have a purpose. And that purpose, as challenging as it may be sometimes, is actually relatively simple in its complexity. No, that sounds weird, but you'll understand as we read. So Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17, starting with verse 12. Paul says this, Therefore, as God's chosen ones, do me a favor and say, I'm chosen. That might be the first time you've ever said that. The Father looks at you and says, you are my child and I've chosen you. Like, you are mine. And like, before we get any further, that we have to rest in that. The Father opened the heavens and sent down our brother, sent down Jesus Christ to make a way for you and I to be called children, to be chosen. And Paul reminds us here that you are God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, Put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Paul begins here by saying, you got some new clothes you need to put on as a child of God. As a chosen one, you, you have some new, new things, new attire that you need to wear amongst you. And he says this, so therefore put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has grievance against another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. Above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. And let the peace of Christ to which you were called, also in one body, rule your hearts. And be thankful Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another through psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing to God with gratitude in your heart and whatever you do in word or in deed do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus give thanks to God the Father through him and so this morning, we are doing just that. We are taking a time of worship. Uh, we're just literally going to be singing some songs, having some scripture read. We're going to have communion in just a little bit. Um, but we invite you um, to, as we enter into this time of worship, that we practice this, to let the word of Of god richly dwell within us dwell among us that the songs that we sing they're not just thoughtful songs they're songs that are proclaiming the gospel proclaiming the good news of what christ has done proclaiming the promises of what god is going to come and do again and so when we sing we're not just simply singing a song because it sounds good and it it's within our harmony range or any of that no we're declaring jesus come like, would you do what only you can do? Would you, would you move in a way that only you can move? Would you restore in my soul the way that only you can restore? Would you open the heavens like you promised that you would do? Would you rain down and do what only you can do? And so as we sing, we're being taught. We're being taught what Scripture is. We're being taught how the Holy Spirit moves. And so this morning as we move into a time of worship, I I just want to invite you to worship freely this morning. You have that privilege every Sunday, um, every time we gather, but there's an invitation this morning that I hope the Holy Spirit is able to stir within you, Um, that worship is going to feel a little different today. And and I want to challenge you to (laughs) rest in the Spirit, to say, Jesus, like I'm here to worship you I know I'm going to look across the room and, and see Greg smiling and raising his hands and Greg's going to look across the room and see Stacy taking pictures we're going to look across the room and see one another and it's in that moment that I want to invite you instead of being distracted be devoted to the Savior and say Jesus thank you that I have a brother and sister I can call friend Thank you that I get to worship in this place and know the story of my brothers and sisters. That as you worship this morning and as we worship, that there will be those moments that the Spirit might even reveal something to you. Like, whoa, like God, I I remember that that person had something specific happening in their life. And Jesus, I just want to pray for them right now. I know that so-and-so was looking for a new job and and just struggling. They were sharing that at dinner parties. And as I look across the room and see them now, I'm reminded of that. And so with all wisdom and teaching, I can pray for them and encourage them. And maybe even you might feel it. I'm going to walk across the room and pray for them. That's okay. That you would feel free this morning to worship Jesus. You would make much of him in song. You would allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Not just saying these words, but declaring these words over your life. So I'm going to invite Greg to come now and read for us, to kind of as a call of worship for us this morning. I would invite that you would stand. Greg, take it away.
2: Uh, hear the words of the Lord here from First Chronicles 16, 23 through 31. Uh, just hear the words of who God is, um, who it is that we're worshiping, what we're called um, to give glory to. Um Hear the words now. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord, proclaim his salvation from day to day, declare his glory among the nations, his wondrous works among all peoples. For the Lord is great and highly praised. He is feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his place. Ascribe to the Lord, families of the peoples, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Let the whole earth tremble before him. The world is firmly established. It cannot be shaken. Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. And let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Heavenly Father, um, stir our hearts, stir our hearts to the truths of who you are, um, that you have the world established, that will not be shaken. There's nothing we can do that will shake your plan. Bring our hearts to a place of, of honoring you, of putting you rightly in the place of honor to give you glory. Uh, we are so thankful for the opportunity to worship. Uh, just be near as we worship together. In Jesus' name, amen.
3: For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. And if children also heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He did not even spare his own son, but offered him up for us all. How will he not also with him grant us everything? Who can bring an accusation against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is the one who died, but even more, has been raised. He is also at the right hand of God and he intercedes for us. For who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can affliction or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, because of you, we are being put to death all day long. We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. in all these things, We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord.
0: Move to a time of, of communion, this invitation that we are reminded as we take the bread, as we take the wine of that very thing that we just read from Romans, that we are His children bought with a price, the price of Christ Himself giving up His life for us, that we might pick up His life in return. And so we take the bread, this representation of the body of Christ that was broken for you and me. Broken on the cross for our sin and our shame. Not just to give us a key back into heaven, but to take away the penalty of our brokenness, the penalty of our mess that we endured ourselves. Jesus said, no, I want that. I will take that because not only do I want them to come to the Father free and clean, I want them to live in freedom. So I will place that in my body. So When we take the bread, we're reminded of Christ's body being broken for us. The wine, Jesus' blood poured out for the sin of all humanity, his precious life given so that we might pick up his life. Communion is this constant reminder, this constant act of being reminded of the gospel, the good news of what Christ has done for you, that he has bought you with a price. What he has promised to do in you, to make you clean and holy as his Father is holy. and What he's promised to fulfill is to get you to the end. To get you to be with his Father there at the end. And so this morning, as we take communion together, may you recall this gift. This gift of life that Jesus has freely and completely given to you. And the gifts ask of you is that your life in return. As you take the bread and dip into the wine, the grape juice, may you recall all of the beautiful, amazing things that God has done for you. As our communion assistants come forward, the instruction that I give to you today is that we'll have assistants that will release you by rows. Um, As they release you, just follow their instruction of where to go. Join me as we pray. Jesus, I thank you so much for your life. That has been freely and completely poured out for me, for everyone in this room, for this city. So that all might call on the name of Jesus. And that there is the key. You don't just die for death's sake. You die for us to call on you. To become your children. That we would reflect in that identity of who you have made us to be. For I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depths nor any other created thing that will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. As we take the bread and take the wine, may we be reminded that nothing separates us from you. You have made a way for any of us in here this morning that we've not yet said yes to you that we wouldn't take this promise as as, we wouldn't take it on ourselves unless we fully believe it this morning that you would be convicted that you need a savior you'd be convicted that the spirit would speak to you that there is one in Christ one that has come to wash away the sin to wash away the brokenness and to invite you into freedom and life like you've never experienced before. This invitation to take the bread and take the wine is to recall all that Christ has done for us. And so as we're dismissed this morning to take the elements, Holy Spirit, would you remind us of the deep love that you have for us? You'd remind us that the Father is making us His children that we are loved and chosen by him. Father, we thank you for the gift of giving up your only son so that many might be able to become sons and daughters of you. Father, thank you for this gift that we take this morning. We ask all of this in your name.
1: like you. You are great. Your name is great in power. Who should not fear you, king of nations? It is what you deserve. For among all the wise people of the nations and among all their kingdoms, there is no one like you. They are both stupid and foolish. They are instructed by worthless idols made of wood. Beaten silver is brought up from Tarshish and gold gold from Upaz. The work of a craftsman and of a goldsmith's hands is clothed in blue and purple, all the work of skilled artisans. But the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and eternal King. The earth quakes at his wrath and the nations cannot endure his rage. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name. So at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father.
0: Thank you for listening. We long to share the story of God with people, so people can belong to the story of God. If you would like to know more, please head to ourdaybreak.church for more information. That's www.ourdaybreak.church for more information. May you make much of Jesus this week in your life.